Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would. And that's why I created your first 100 leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, this is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 leads training, and James, I gotta say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete, and the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much, and I'll see you there. What about doing this instead? Or let's see how that is, like, you can actually start to see whether the ideas and strategies that you implemented with your clients are working and whether to tweak them. So it isn't just a one-off random idea. Your ideas are actually based off the fact that you actually know your clients' needs because you have cultivated a relationship with them. Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I'm Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business, mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. Welcome back to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I'm Serena, and today I have another special guest. Her name is Anna Nelson. She is a Gallup certified strengths coach, and she works with six, seven, and eight figure business owners to build a profitable, fun business by helping their teams go from feeling disconnected and unproductive to being united, where everyone is working in their zone of genius and contributing to the bottom line. So I preach a lot about zone of genius. So I'm really excited to have Anna on here and talking about the strengths finder, I guess. Is that what it's called these days? Gallup strength, Clifton strengths. Clifton I'm just going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm super excited for this. So oh, thanks, Serena. Same. And thanks for having me. Yeah. So today I wanted to kind of get your take. We have some stuff kind of planned out. So you've done a coaching session with me on my top five strengths. And then I just sprung my 34 on you right before we hit record. I accidentally sent you someone on my team's top 34 strengths. And so we decided maybe we can talk about that as well, just so people can kind of see the way that you help people bring out their zone of genius and talk about like things that are already working. So we can just kind of jam casually on my top five strengths and, and kind of go from there if you want. But also I want to first shout out that Anna has a podcast and I've been loving your episodes recently with other strengths coaches, which is Mm. really, really cool. Like that you're talking to other people who are also the same kind of coach as you, but they have kind of a different niche or whatever. It's always fun to see different perspectives, but anyway, so what do you want to dive into first? Oh my goodness. Well, we can, maybe we should talk about what exactly are the Gallup Clifton strengths. Yes, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) And why they're different than any other personality assessment out there. Yes. 
So if anyone is into personal development, you may have heard of Gallup's Clifton Strengths, and it is a personality assessment that has like 60 years worth of research behind it. And it's all about, I don't know the exact, this is not my strength to go in and figure out like all of the research behind something. I just, as a maximizer, love it because I think it's the best. But they did all this research and they came up with 34 different talent themes that everyone has. And some talent themes you might have more of, so it's your number one strength, or then you might have something and it's your 34th, like you have it, you don't have it at all. Mm -hmm. And so you take the assessment, it's 177 questions and you get a report and you can get either, um, your top five kind of strengths and they have generic copy, or you can pony up 50 bucks and get your full 34 report, which I highly recommend. And it's much more in depth. And the results that they come up with are based on all of the order of your strengths. So if you and I had the same top strength, our second strength determines what influences our first strength. And so you and I, even though we might have the same top strength, it'll show up differently in our lives because of how the other Mm -hmm. strengths influence the different talent themes. And so Gallup has a statistic that they're like, you are one in 33 million. Like when you get your assessment on one of the opening landing pages, it says you're one in 33 million because they've run the numbers where the odds of you finding someone with the same top five strengths in the order, same order of your top five strengths is one in 35 million. Wow. That is crazy. So like maybe there's one other person on the earth right now running around with the same top five strengths as you, but maybe not, which Mm -hmm. as business owners and as individuals, like we truly, truly are unique individuals. And I just love that that particular assessment really digs deep into how individual and unique we are versus other assessments where the odds aren't so great. Like there are lots of Enneagram threes and Enneagram sevens running around. And I know lots of people who love the Enneagram or the MBTI or the Colby or the disc, but I love that this assessment really gets down into like, this is who you are, Serena. Mm -hmm. This is who I am Anna and, and we get to like, we just, we can't go around saying, well, how are, how do you show up? Or like, this is totally what we all are. If we all have a maximizer strength or a strategic thinking strength, that's not the case. We might have the essence might be the same, but how it shows up is different. Yeah. So after you and I, after we did our session, it was months and months ago, just like forever ago, but after we did our session, it gave me kind of the freedom to see how much value I was bringing to my clients Mm -hmm. through my strengths. And then it also helped me kind of craft my offers a little bit differently so that I felt more joy going into certain client engagements and working with students. I just approached things in a different way because I was like, oh, this is a strength of mine. It's not a strength for everybody. Just because it's easy for me doesn't mean that it's easy for the business owner or for my students. And this is the value that I bring. So with that, should we get into what my top five strengths are? And then we can just kind of like jam on how I've changed things up based on that. Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So I'm looking at, I'm like, have to make sure I'm looking at the right one and not my (laughs) integrators. (laughs) Um, So my number one strength is ideation. So do you want to talk about what that means? Yeah. So people high in ideation. And I always tell every client right before we get into working through their strengths is that the verbiage that Gallup uses is specific to the assessment. So if a word that Gallup uses like ideation, for example, is seems a little off-putting because you're interpreting it through your everyday way of interpreting it, let's talk about it. So mm-hmm. ideation, it sounds okay. You come up with ideas. Um, you're always thinking, so this is like a strategic thinking theme and, and I should have mentioned this earlier that all 34 talent themes, they get plugged into four different domains, Mm -hmm. relationship building, there are eight to nine strengths in relationship building. Then there's the influencing domain, 
the executing domain and then influencing executing and strategic thinking domain. And so ideation is a strategic thinking like, Ooh, what if we did this? Or, Ooh, what if we like sent someone to the moon one day? Or, Oh, what if we like went to Paris next week for vacation? Like always thinking, coming up with ideas. Okay. So that's your number one strength is always coming up with ideas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do you resonate with this? Absolutely. And again, it's like one of those things that you think that just because you're in those shoes that everybody thinks the same way as you. And one of the things that I bring to my client meetings are lots of ideas. Mm. And I used to, to feel like I'm not bringing much value because I'm just like throwing out ideas and stuff. But in fact, just the other day, and I used this example on a different podcast interview that I did on someone else's podcast, but just the other day I had a client, it was a monthly client meeting where we go over financials. And to, to be honest, the financial part of the meeting is usually only like 10 or 15 minutes. And mm. the rest of the meeting is strategy, me giving them different ideas, or they're talking about what's going on in their business. And I help them come up with different ideas or strategies. So that's one of the ways that I've implemented this is just being okay with the financial aspect of the meeting being a small mm. portion of it. And so one of the things that came up on a recent client meeting was this client is about to go, is going to be doing a trade show next year. This is the first time that she's ever done this. She's getting like a huge booth, but it's across the country from where she lives. And she's like, how am I going to get all this stuff there? I know that some people put things on pallets, but I've heard really bad things about the shipping pallets getting kind of destroyed. So I was like, well, immediately an idea popped into my head and I was like, what about like a U-Haul U-Box thing? <laughs> and she was like, this is great. See, this is why I have these meetings with you. That is awesome. Um, so, okay. So number one is ideation. So basically just like, I'm good at coming up with ideas and, um, now I, I'm okay with sharing that with clients and knowing that that's a value that I bring. <laughs> Number two is achiever. So that's very self-explanatory. <laughs> yes. But achiever in Gallup, it's like um, people high in achiever work hard and possess a great deal of stamina. They take immense satisfaction in being busy and productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's definitely... It definitely resonates with me. And I think it would resonate with a lot of accountants and bookkeepers, mm -hmm. to be honest, because we, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a common theme for, for us, but I could be wrong. So if you're listening to this and you have taken the strengths assessment and you don't have achiever in your top five, please let me know. Cause I want to, I want to know who you are <laughs> and there's nothing bad about that. I'm just very curious. Um, but for how it shows up for me is, yeah, I have a really hard time resting and having blank space on my calendar. Um, even if I consciously try and have created space to rest, I'm, I'm filling that space with thinking mm -hmm. <laughs> and ideas. But what's interesting is that this is an executing theme. So achiever getting things done, right? Like, okay, there are 30 things on this list. I'm assuming with you have 30 things on your list for today, you're like, okay, let's tick these things off. Yeah. Is that correct? But then even though you just said like, well, I'm thinking of different ideas, it'd be interesting to think like, okay, are you thinking about different ideas and ways to get things done? Yeah, probably. <laughs> or if I'm a client and you're looking at my books or however you work with clients or even some of your students in your program, like how would the executing theme combine with the ideation theme? Usually it's formulating a plan with the ideas that I have. I find that a very productive use of my time, especially at this stage, because I'm not the one that's doing all the bookkeeping for my clients. My team is but my productivity time is still very like I'm planning things out. I'm taking my ideas and trying to come up with a process for my bookkeepers mm. to use or my team or, um, creating things and trainings for my students. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but that, but what's cool though about that is like, that is not how I operate, right? Like ideation mm -hmm. for me 
So ideation, like we said, is number one for you. Ideation for me is number 28 out of 34 themes. So it's pretty close to the bottom. Interesting. And so an achiever, I should see where achiever is for me. Achiever is number 22. So that, that's middle. I'm not going to, the domain that I'm highest in is relationship building. You're highest in strategic thinking. Mm -hmm. So you and I feel productive very differently to me having this conversation on this podcast. I'll be like, Oh my gosh, I had the most productive day because I got to talk to Serena. Whereas for you, you might be like, all right, I managed to get that task done. Okay. Recorded a podcast now moving on to the next thing. And that's not to say that you don't like in it, um, talking with people. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's not how you feel productive. Interesting. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Because when I look at my calendar and I see a bunch of meetings, it's productive. Once I get like, it feels productive. Once I get to tick it off my list of that meeting is, is done, even though like, this is really fun for me. I love recording podcasts, but it is more of like <laughs> their task is done. Uh, but if I see a bunch of meetings that don't have an outcome of like mm-hmm. a recorded podcast, um, like I'm not into just random coffee chats because there's no, <laughs> to me there, there's a purpose, but like, for me, it doesn't feel like there's a purpose, like, unless I feel like I'm going to either like get a collaboration out of it, or we are going to come up with a plan out of that meeting to work together. Like it's crazy the way that, yeah, my mind is operating completely different than yours. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas for me, if I have a plan, like I hate the word plan, I'm not consistent. (laughs) I, I just, I can't handle it. Like people will say, here's your plan. And then I'll I'll kind of ditch the plan because I don't like it. It like ties me down for, and so if I was like, here's my plan for the day, I have these 30 tasks. If you called me out of the blue and you said, Hey, Anna, do you want to meet for coffee? I will drop my plan. Cause to me, the most productive thing I can do today is have a conversation with okay. anyone. It does like, it's, but when you think about how both of us have structured our businesses, we both own own businesses. We both make money doing the thing that we're good at. Mm-hmm. I make money having one-on-one conversations with people. When I'm doing that, having a one-on-one coaching call, I am in my element. I love, love, love it mm-hmm. for you. You are in your element and we've only covered the top two strengths and this is high level, right? Let's, we haven't even deep dived into it, but like thinking, how can I help my client streamline processes or however accountants think, which again, I'm not an accountant, (laughs) your strategic thinking that is being applied in your business. And, Mm -hmm. and yet here we are having a conversation, but it is really fascinating. How do our strengths influence? What kind of business do we have? What kind of clients do we attract or want to, or work best with what kind of offers should we offer to people? how often do you want to meet with your clients? Like, should it be online? Should it be in person? Like there are so many layers. And when you know how it is, you're wired, you can be like, okay, I actually really don't like, let's pretend writing a blog. Okay. But I love talking. All right. Then have a podcast where you can talk all the time or have a vlog where you can Mm -hmm. be recorded. Um, so those are just some pros of knowing what you're good at, but I just think it's really cool to sit and, and appreciate with someone who I know where it's like, oh yeah, we are wired totally different and that's okay. Yeah. And we'll get into pairing up with people that are Mm -hmm. wired completely different in a couple minutes, I think, (laughs) um, or wired similarly, I guess we can talk about that too. Um, okay. So number three on my top five is strategic. We've got number one is ideation. Number two is achiever. Number three is strategic, which clearly is in strategic thinking domain. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So strategic, the, um, that this theme, this person is really good at creating alternative ways to proceed faced with any given scenario. They can quickly spot the relevant patterns and issues. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode of the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast is sponsored by my brand new free training, The Ultimate Guide to Creating a Profitable Bookkeeping Business. In just one hour, you will learn three keys to creating and launching a profitable bookkeeping business. 
We will map out your path to creating a bookkeeping or accounting business that keeps you in control of your time, priorities, and expertise. From someone who built a six-figure firm on part-time hours. That's right. You can stay in control of your time, keep family as your priority, and serve your clients well. It just takes a little strategy up front, and I'm going to help you with that during this free training. So head over to the show notes to sign up now for the next training and find out how you can choose the work you do, kick imposter syndrome to the curb, use tech to be super efficient, which all leads to a profitable business. Just head on over to ambitiousbookkeeper.com training, and I will see you there. Yes. So I think that is another strength that probably a lot of, um, not maybe not every bookkeeper, but people that are mm. in finance have to be able to see patterns in numbers and trends. And so that's something that, I mean, I talk about inside of my course, I help teach people how to analyze financial statements to then be able to have conversations with mm. the clients about the trends in their business, which clearly is not everybody's strength, but I hope that I can help people learn it <laughs> to some degree, even if it's not one of your strengths, or maybe it is one of your strengths, but you just don't have that skill yet yeah. to be able to use it. Yep. Right. Well, and then that's the other element of strengths, right? Like technically these talent themes are talents. I'm able to talk to anyone at the coffee shop, but it becomes a strength when now I've gone through multiple coaching programs and learned how to become a better listener and learn how to communicate better. So now my relationship building strengths or my relationship building talents are actually strengths because I have added skills and knowledge. So you might have a bunch of strategic thinkers in your program and you're just helping them you're giving them skills and knowledge to what they're already able to do naturally, which oh, makes them really better. Good. Yeah. That's a really good way to think about it. And I think that's where, um, before we get into the fourth one, I think that's where the strengths assessment can really help people instead of trying to get better at things that you're not naturally good at instead mm -hmm. focusing that energy and just amplifying the things you're naturally good at and and yeah, that's what makes you be able to run a business that you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was networking with someone and at the end she had said, well, why don't you send me five different ideas of ways we can work together? And I got off that call and I was like, five different ideas. I'm like, ideation is towards the bottom. Like that doesn't work for me. Right. Like I had to ask someone else, like, can you help me come up with ideas of ways I can work with this person? Cause to me, I'm like, I already worked through all of, well, different ideas. And I'm like, this is the best idea. Like, I don't want to come up with four more. And so um, that's when you yeah. should have called me. <laughs> I should have. Now I'll put you on my ideation list. I'll start a post-it note. Seriously. Ideation. Like the res resources. Um, we should mention that we met in a, the quarantine cohort of Heather Sager's speak up to level up program last year. And side note, I've just built some amazing relationships mm -hmm. out of that group. And I think by the end of this year, I might have, might have had almost all of you guys on my podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> so awesome. working toward it anyways. <laughs> Goals. So yeah. All right. So what did we just do? Number three. So number yep. four is input. This one is not as like clear cut. I think like when you mm. hear the word, like it took me a minute to understand what that meant. So do you want to explain it? Sure. So input is the need to collect an archive, like accumulating information, ideas, artifacts, or even relationships. And I think when people hear the word input there, it's a little bit of a turnoff, like, Oh, I don't collect things. Like sounds like you're a hoarder or something. And it's not really, but the idea that you get excited about something where it's like, Oh, I want to learn more. It's, it's not like learner because learner is another strength where it's like, the process of learning is so awesome. This one is more like accumulating information, ideas, and artifacts or relationships. So if I was really interested in, um, 
I don't know, I was a gym trainer and I was interested in meeting up with other gym trainers who were into Olympic lifts. I would probably have a whole, I would probably know a lot about, I would know a lot of different Olympic lift trainers because I wanted to collect information that they had. And so I could use that in my life. Um, I have a friend who has input and like, she really likes running. And so she follows all of these famous runner athletes. And so she'll be like, Hey, did you see this Olympic runner on television? I'm like, no. And she'll like it, it, or if we're watching it together, she'll be like, Ooh, she'll go on Instagram, start following them. And she's collecting all this information about these runners. I never once in my life go around collecting information about different people. I'm like, Oh, I wonder about that runner, but I don't actually go and research information and collect information. So, um, interesting. Yeah. So I do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't collect things. Like I'm not a collector Mm. of art, like actual physical things. It makes me, I'm very anti (laughs) collections. Like there's no use for that. Let's get that out of here. But ideas for sure. I have Mm. like lots of notebooks and Asana boards and notes in my notes apps of just ideas. Hmm. So I'm a collector of ideas and I'm a collector of relationships in the perspective. And this is what you just cleared up for me of like, I collect relationships in like, in the aspect of like, I'm a connector of people. So Hmm. like, I like to have like how you were like, I should put you on my ideation. Was it? Yeah. Ideation post-it note of like a resource for that. Like I kind of like mentally collect resources of um, like bookkeepers in certain industries. Mm. So I can connect if I, like, if I don't serve that person, I can connect them with someone who does, um, different attorneys and, um, insurance agents and things like that. So that my clients have resources for other aspects of their business, like the professional side of the business too. So that's an area that, um, I always, I, I think comes naturally, but apparently like it's, for everybody, but apparently it doesn't. Mm. Right. It's just, Mm -hmm. so that's another thing that I share in my program is like, be that resource for other people so that they can come to you and then still have all their needs taken care of, but you're not the only one helping them. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, and that is a value differentiator too. Like you don't have to maybe say that on your website, but if someone's like, okay, I'm trying to decide between you and someone else, you could like, you could throw out like, Hey, you know what? Make sure you ask, does that person have other resources so that in case they are unable to meet certain needs of your business, they know other people like you or just throw it out. Cause yeah, being a resource, that's pretty valuable, especially in business where it's like, Hey, I need a lawyer really fast. Well, mm-hmm. if you know that I need a lawyer really fast and you know, three lawyers, that's really helpful to me as your client. Like, oh my gosh, Serena is like a one-stop shop. I didn't use you for your lawyering skills, but you helped me with my business. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, that's input. I definitely like to (laughs) gather information and then use it to teach (laughs) my students as well and my clients. (laughs) And this is a strategic thinking theme, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's kind of interesting that this input combined with ideation, both strategic thinking themes are really powerful. Like, okay, Anna's coming to me. She's making X this year. We want her to get her. We want to get her to the next level. How can we do this? Or like how all of your brain power, this is brain power being used for when you work with your clients. Yeah. Another thing that pops up too, is that because I just automatically like collecting information and archiving it. When I see certain patterns happening in like one of my Mm -hmm. clients business, I can then take that, that knowledge and like help another client. I don't give them the information, but it's like, these are trends I'm seeing in your industry, or this is what has worked for this client Mm -hmm. with their marketing. Would this work for you too? And like, so I'm bringing them ideas, not, not necessarily my own ideas, but ideas that I've collected. Right. It's crazy how they all kind of (laughs) fit together, but yeah. And that is really helpful again, because now it's, you're like showing interest and you're showing interest in a way that I wouldn't be able to show interest if I was 
someone's bookkeeper or accountant. There's no way. Whereas for me, I might come up with really good ideas for you as a, if you were my one-on-one client, but it's based on my other strengths, which are not strategic thinking themes. They are different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So like it might, (laughs) it might be kind of cool. Like if you were looking for a coach or someone to work one-on-one with to really identify what areas you needed help in and then finding a coach that matched those strengths. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's true. Like if you think about, I'm not good at strategic thinking. So I've appreciated like our mutual friend, Heather Sager, our speaking coach, because she has some really good strategic thinking themes. Mm -hmm. Bobby Klink is someone else who has strategic thinking themes that I kind of rely on. So it's like, who I'm getting mentored by is because I don't have those themes, but that doesn't mean that my business is a failure because I need help in quote strategic thinking because I'm really good at one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. And I love that. So they just help me think, Oh, maybe you should have a podcast. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is really helpful. Otherwise I would just be like having coffee all day long without a plan. So (laughs) Awesome. Um, okay. So that was input. So number five is empathy. So this Mm -hmm. is, um, in a different domain, which is relationship building. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will note also, when I'm looking at my top 10, there's one domain that is completely missing. <laughs> we can talk about that in a minute. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's on my 34, just not at the top, <laughs> right? Not in your top 10. Um, so relationship building is the, the domain and the strength I have in that, in my top five is empathy, which is also, I feel pretty self-explanatory, but, um, maybe I'll have you explain it. And then I can say how it shows up for me. In my business. Yeah. Yeah. So empathy is being able to sense other people's feelings by imagining yourself in other people's lives or situations. And a lot of people who are high in this can, you know, they might be able to say like, I can read a room. They go in, they can be like, Oh my gosh, I could totally tell that my client was off that day. And instead of talking about this, we talked about this because something clearly was upsetting them. And a lot of times people high in empathy will be like, oh, I'm in, in, I'm intuitive, which I've gone into business meetings where I walked in and I'm like, oh yeah, that investor's not going to invest. This is when I was in my early twenties working in financial services. And my boss would be like, oh no, they'll totally invest. And somehow I was so young and naive. I could just tell they're not going to do it. And mm-hmm. it was just cause I was, I empathy is in my top. It's my number eight strength. I can read a room not perfectly, mm-hmm. probably it'd be less than like you can, but how does empathy do you think show up in your business? Yeah, I think that's, that's a big one. I can, I know when I was in now it's not as prominent in my business. Well, I, I mean, I guess it is, but in corporate, for example, when I, um, was leading a team, like I could walk out into the, you know, cubicle area and feel tension between mm-hmm. people on my team. And, um, so that served me well in being able to like help diffuse situations, um, or just pull them apart from each other and give them a break. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. now it shows up in, like, I have to think about this, like with my clients, it shows up in like being able to like help relate to them in like their financial situation or, like, even if I've never gone through that, I can, I can feel where they're coming from Mm. and help guide them, I guess. And then with my students, it's the same thing. Like I can just understand where they're coming from and maybe approach, um, the guidance I give them a little bit differently or something that will help them with their specific situation instead of, yeah, just, it still helps me with my strategic thinking. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy, (laughs) but you're softening the blow a little bit because in your world, you're dealing with someone's personal finances, whether, even though it's business related, right? It's their money. It's It's how it's whether they're doing a good job or not in business. And so for me to come to you and open up my book, so you can see like, Oh, Whoa, she's not doing well, or wow, she's doing amazing. That's like going to the doctors and 
wearing your little paper nightgown, right? Like it's pretty humbling. And so I think empathy can really add a lot to your strategic thinking skills. I don't need you to be like, Whoa, Anna, you had a terrible year. And like, let's talk, like, I don't need to cry to you or anything like that. Um, but for me to come to you, whether a student and it's humbling, learning something new, and you want to be a success, like anyone coming to you, actually, like they want to be a success. They want to do something really well. And your empathy skill helps and keep them coming up and being like, Hey, you know what you're here, but let's get you here. That's why you are here. And this is how I'm going to help you out. Like acknowledging that they don't want to be in this spot. They want to be in another spot. Okay. Let's you got this. Like, it's just a really great way of humanizing your strategic thinking and executing strengths. Yeah. I mean, thank God I have at least one <laughs> relationship yeah. building. I mean, if I didn't, it would be very odd that I've gotten this far, I think, because one yeah. of the biggest, um, and my next strength, even though we're just talking about my top five, but my sixth is relator. And, um, I actually haven't really delved too much into that, but what it means to me is that like a lot of times people will tell me like, I follow you because I relate to you so much. Like, your story. Like I, I mean, I don't share a lot of personal stuff, but just enough so that like people do understand I'm human too. I was probably in similar shoes as them. And Mm -hmm. so I get that a lot of like, Oh, you like, I just related to you and connected with you somehow, like intuitively. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, to touch on relater, because when you and I met, we didn't have an opportunity to review your six to 10 strengths. And I tell my clients the six to 10 strengths are like oil to, on a bike's gear and chain. The, it's like the oil that makes the chain and gear work. And so relater are people who enjoy close relationships with others, finding deep satisfaction and working hard with friends to achieve a goal. And so there's a certain level of authenticity that your followers can feel when you are on Instagram and people high in relator usually don't like to share a lot about themselves, but when they do, it's like for a specific purpose or a reason, and they are able to relate to others. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely like, I think that kind of plays into like my introvertness of like, Mm -hmm. I'd rather have a few really, really close relationships than a whole bunch of people that are kind of surface level. So I've always struggled with like, um, like having close relationships with people because I am like (laughs) kind of guarded, but it's just like, it's a huge investment of my time. So mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to invest time in a relationship, I want it to like be really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is again, a really great. So the relator is a relationship building theme. So I have the opposite relationship building theme of includer mm-hmm. includers want to be friends with everyone. Like let's make the circle wider. So to me, I'm like, oh, I have hundreds of friends, but I don't actually have hundreds of deep relationships. I have hundreds of like baristas I know in coffee shops <laughs> and waiters. I'm like, I know everyone, but because I want them to be included when I'm mm-hmm. like living my life, but I don't know them. I only see them when I go get my coffee, right. Or on the train or on the plane or on this or, or wherever. And so even when you think about how we've structured our businesses currently in my business, I have conversations with people, individuals, usually one off and then in a group setting. Mm-hmm. And then I go on to the next. Cause I'm like, who, who else can I help? Mm-hmm. Whereas for you, you're going to see your people more times than I'm going to see people because it's either on quarterly, monthly, yearly, annual basis, like for as long as someone needs your services. Yeah. And so you're building close relationships with your clients or mm-hmm. with your students, depending yeah. on what you're doing. Right. Yeah. You're my the my same favorite. people over and over. <laughs> yeah. That makes total sense. It's like, I, I didn't structure it that way on purpose, but it fits with 
the thought of having to go out and get new clients all the time makes me sick to my stomach. Mm. And it's not that I'm not good at it. Like I'm good mm -hmm. at selling. I love going on discovery calls. I love that part of it, but I do like to go deep instead of wide, right? Like yeah. I like to really get to know my clients and my students. Like when they work with me, I like follow them, them on Instagram. I interact with all their stuff. I get like, I get close with them. I feel like they're my friends. <laughs> yeah. Which then is really interesting too. Cause then when, if we tie it back to your strategic thinking themes, if you get to know me as a client and my business and what my goals are over a certain period of time, now your ideas really do matter when mm -hmm. you're like, you know, remember Anna last year, we said that we were going to do this. What about doing this instead? Or let's see how that is. Like you can actually start to see whether the ideas and strategies that you implemented with your clients are working and whether to tweak them. So yeah. it isn't just a one-off random idea. Your ideas are actually based off the fact that you actually know your clients needs because you have cultivated a relationship with them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is so helpful. Okay. Where should we go next? Should we talk about, um, well, I'll just run through the rest of my top 10 yes. relator <laughs> is number six. Number seven is learner, which again is another strategic <laughs> thinking. I do love learning. I love the process of learning. I, if I, had unlimited amounts of money, I would be in courses mm. all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, or like going back to college or something ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> um, number eight is intellection. If, did I even say that right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Sometimes I make up the way that words are supposed to be pronounced <laughs> if I don't hear people say them. Um, I don't know. That's a strategic thinking thing as well. And then yep. futuristic as well. So what is intellection though? Okay. So First, well, high level learner. So you enjoy the process of learning, kind of like you've already alluded to. So absorbing information, just like, oh, I want to learn how this microphone is made. Oh, this paper. I wonder how they made paper and like just the idea of learning, right? Which again, we tie it back to your business. Uh, the financial world is always changing. So it's not just, oh, I read this book and now I'm good for the next 50 years. You're going to need to learn information. And the fact that you have learner is very helpful for that, but also how it is technology changing? How are you able to help your students run better online bookkeeping businesses? Because you are aware of what's happening or coming out in terms of like a online accounting technology, let's say. Mm -hmm. Intellection is you are characterized by your intellectual activity, your introspective and appreciate intellectual discussion. So again, strategic thinking. So it's part of like just a huge strategic thinking buzzing in your brain. You're always thinking. So like musing, like it says, you love to think, muse and reflect your powerful mental processing and intellectual activity empower you in, empower you to clarify and explain regardless of the topic or situation. So for you, this helps you disseminate information for people. If I'm a student or a client mm -hmm. thinking through the ways in which you need to clarify and share information that you've learned, this helps you kind of talk to me, not like I'm an idiot, but as someone who needs to understand a concept in my business, let's say. Yeah. I was going to say something else about that too. And now I, I lost my train of thought, but we can move on to the next one then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you lost your me. train of thought, right? <laughs> like it's so ironic, but it's just, it lends more thinking time to you. Like all of your strategic thinking themes for you, you definitely, if you don't already have it need time and space to think because your brain is your moneymaker. And mm -hmm. so this is helping you with your moneymaker. Yeah. And so then the next one is futuristic, again, a strategic thinking domain. Yep. Being inspired by the future and what could be and energizing others with your visions of the future. Yes. So I love planning. I think we already talked about mm. the plans and I love setting goals. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, I think you and I had talked about this on Instagram, Instagram the other day and we were like, how could somebody just not have goals? 
apparently a lot of people <laughs> apparently <laughs> and i'm married to one of them so it's crazy um and then my last top 10 is focus which is an achieving um or is that the right executing executing, executing. yeah yeah which as someone who likes goals, this contributes to that because focus, it's like, okay, what's the goal? And you're going to keep that goal in mind as you're executing <laughs> along the way, which so. reminds me of something else that came up. I had recorded an Instagram story and I had on some slides I was creating. And one of the quotes that I had up on the slide, when I made that story was begin with the end in mind. And you're oh. like, of course you said that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That is something I, I would my focus. <laughs> I would never say that in my life. Like I've ne- and when the first time I heard it, I was like, I've never thought about that. But strategic thinkers would think that. Yes. Okay. So we're almost up to our we have like 7 minutes left. So I want to dive into like I accidentally sent you one of my team's top, mm-hmm. top 34 strength report instead of mine and she's actually like my operations person she's my my right hand and she helps me execute all the ideas <laughs> that I have or rein me in so I'd love to hear your take on her top 5 strengths and how they might complement mine or not <laughs> Mhm Well, what I love is that while you're super high in the strategic thinking domain, she, she has six out of 10 strengths or her top 10 strengths, six out of her top 10 strengths are in the executing. So like whether you purposely did this or not, she's perfectly compliments you. And of course I haven't met with her, but like you, she is also an achiever, which is great. So getting things done, it's like, okay, we have Mm -hmm. these 30 things done. Let's get them done. And she also has focus focus for her is her number two strength. So she's able to be like, okay, we said that we were going to do this, or we're launching a new course. We're revising it. Like she's going to be able to like get those goals met. Mm -hmm. And her fourth strength is responsibility, which means one, she's loyal to like, and she's going to take ownership. If you hired her to do whatever, she's going to take ownership of the tasks that she knows that she needs to get done, which is fantastic for you as a manager, because she already owns what she needs to do. You don't have to like oversee her Mm -hmm. like a micromanager, right? She's, and she'll feel terrible if she doesn't do something right, or it doesn't get done, or she'll let you know in advance, Hey, it won't get done. Mm -hmm. Um, But her, what is interesting, her number one strength as well is strategic thinking and her fifth strength is futuristic. So she has some strategic thinking, which is great given the industry that you're in, but for her, the bulk of her strengths are basically, how are we going to get this all done? Yeah. And yet she can still help you think through like ideas or different ways of getting things done, or how can we execute this better? Like, let's think through things or what, what does the future hold? Where do we want to be in a year? We're going to launch three times. And so that Mm -hmm. helps her like put a plan in place and stuff like that. Yeah. I can definitely see that happening. It's great to have someone that also has that ability to bounce ideas off of. And, and then if we're in alignment in like a certain goal, it makes it so much easier, but it, but yeah, she's, it's been great. Everything that you just said is exactly why she's (laughs) best person for the job. Um, so the other thing that I also wanted to touch on and get your take on is there's, I have no influencing domain Mm. in my top 10, which is funny because people are like, you're like an accounting influencer. but that's not really what it means. Is it correct? Influencing like, yes, people follow you. You are very successful in what you do. Okay. That's great. But that isn't because you're a quote influencer, like, Hey, look at me and me working on my online accounting system. And you (laughs) too should buy this. That's not how you're influencing Influ people high in the influencing domain move people and get people to take action. So like our friend, Heather Sager, she is high in influencing. She gets people excited about going out and talking publicly and moving other people to take action. And that's kind of what she does every single day. You and I have to market ourselves, but we're not marketing ourselves in the same way that she Mm -hmm. is. Okay. But she has taught us how we can move our own 
ideal customer into taking action, into working with us by both of us getting better at public speaking, for example. Mm-hmm. But what for you, like, so activator is an influencing theme. That's number 13 in here. And you have maximizer as number 15. And so activators get people to take action. And so somehow you're able to get people to take action in, okay, why don't we get a new accounting software? Let's, let's sign you up for this. Like, okay, what do you, do you want to sign up for this? Or do you not like you're it's high, but it's not super high. Okay. Um, and then maximizers, your 15th one and maximizers take good things and make them better. So if I come to you and it's like, Hey, I don't know what I should do. Maximizer will bleed into your other strengths. Like, okay, you shouldn't be on this software. Let's put, take you on the software. Cause this will make it better for you in the long run. So you're influencing my interaction with accounting software. For example, I'm making all of this stuff up. You're doing great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And yeah, I do encourage people to take action and motivate them somehow, mm. even though that's not, <laughs> not one of my top strengths, but I'm able to manage it somehow. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. And that would be like your relator and your futuristic and okay. like, Hey, well, Anna, where do you want to be in five years? Like, let's talk about that. And so getting me to start talking about the future means now I can start thinking if that's where I want to go in the future, then I probably should take some action. So you're getting people to take action just differently using your other strengths. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, we are up on our time. So I'm going to let you talk about, um, what you have going on, maybe your podcast, or if there's anything that you're currently promoting, um, how can people reach out to you or connect with you, or maybe work with you to learn about their strengths and all that good stuff? Sure. Well, if you are on Instagram, I'm on Instagram more than the others or LinkedIn or Facebook, but Instagram is the one that I'm on the most. And all three of them have the same handle at, at Anna Y Nelson. So a N N a Y N E L S O N. And if you are a solopreneur or an entrepreneur with teams, I would love to talk to you. Cause I love, love, love working one-on-one with individuals and you can go to annawynelson.com forward slash contact. And there's a little button that says let's connect virtually. And you would make my day if you clicked that button. Cause I love talking to people and we can just talk about what you are working on in your business and how you need to make it better and how knowing your strengths can just help you lean into that. And then for entrepreneurs with teams, I help them figure out like who should they hire first if they're looking to hire their first person, or if they already have a team in place, how can you start maximizing the assets inside your business so that that extends outward into scaling your business. So you're making more money. Your team is more efficient. People like and understand each other better. And it's just fascinating how, when each person knows what they're good at and when other people can understand that, how it influences every aspect of the business. So I'd love to have one-on-one conversations. That's the best way right now to work with me. Awesome. I'm super excited to have that team exercise with you sometime soon, hopefully. Um, now that my whole team has taken their (laughs) assessment by now, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I will link everything in the show notes for everyone and we'll talk to you next week. ambitious.